0: Welcome to Don's Car, an unofficial fan podcast about the greatest Australian football team, the Eastern Bombers. My name is Jamie. And I'm Nick. And mate, it's been a couple of weeks since our last uh, podcast where we talked about the uh, you know, trade period, but now we're uh, a night before draft night. So um, we thought we'd just do a quick pod and uh, you know, theorise how we'd like it to go, um, or which players we potentially feel like we'll make it to Essendon. And um, obviously, still a lot of things up in the air with the club's ability to trade on the night. And uh, Rob Forster Knight uh, kind of alluded to that in the latest video. So, yeah, I certainly wouldn't be uh, holding my breath that the the three picks we currently have are going to sit that way. But, um, yeah, how do you think that will go, mate? Yeah, look, I mean, the only
1: potential... I can see at the moment, I mean, it sounds like the the scuttlebutt around the Collingwood picks where we would um, basically, basically offload one of our um, picks, potentially seven or eight, to um, jump back to Collingwoods. I think they've got 16 and 18 or, or something like that, um, but two later picks in that first round. Hmm. Um, I mean, ideally it would be great if we could uh, sneak up the draft and grab... Uh, North Melbourne's pick two um, and grab Logan McDonald. But at this stage, I just don't see that happening. Um, Yeah, what about yourself, mate?
0: Yeah, again, I agree with you. I don't think North will do that. Um, Well, a couple of weeks ago or a week ago, the club was basically reported on a Twitter tweet that, um, you know, that talks between Essendon and North had kind of broken down. North wanted picks. I think six and eight for them to give up pick two, and that was a, a bridge too far for the bombers. So, um, yeah, I don't think that will happen. Um, to be honest, like he's my he's my go-to pick if I if I had a pick number one pick. Obviously, obviously knowing that the Bulldogs are going to obviously get Hugo Hagen. Sorry, Hugo Hagen. Um, yeah. 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 Sorry. Yeah. If they get him, he, um, he's not going to, they would match any bid. So, um, obviously he's renowned as the best player, um, in this draft. Obviously the next player that if I had picked two, for example, yeah, I would be looking at Logan McDonald. Um, and yeah, he's been pretty impressive in senior competition this year. So, um, I'd love to move up, but when you think about it, logically, um, North Melbourne, that's the kind of player that they need, you know. With Brown going, Logan McDonald makes sense for North, and um, he'd be a good player to build around. But surprisingly, there's still talk that they're really keen on Hollands. Um, so, you know, who's more of a, uh, you know, midfielder type. So, um, you know, that would mean that potentially I've seen some uh, some drafts where. Uh, McDonald's fallen down to Hawthorne's pick, uh, pick five, I think it is. So, um, yeah, lots of different scenarios. But uh, I think that you know, if, if the Bombers are to stay set, you know, when, when you look at it, we've got picks uh, six, seven and eight currently, they'll get pushed back a bit because there'll be a few bids in between. And, um, yeah, I can certainly see the Bombers bidding on some players, um that are linked to other clubs. Uh, obviously, there's been talk about uh, Reef McInnes. There was talk about Lachlan Jones. And there was also some talk about um, Braden Campbell. So it'll be interesting how many of those Essen uh, bid on if they do keep their current picks. Um, yeah, to me, uh, obviously, some changes coming next year, mate, with the academy. I think next year if your academy players get selected in the first round, um, you don't have the right to match. So uh this is the last year of the academies. Um in the first round, really uh you know being a strong hand. So I'd be in the lines of thinking of let's make those clubs pay.
1: Yeah, absolutely, mate. Um uh, <laughs> obviously uh D'Oro's got a bit of history with that. Um, You know, if you remember him him, uh, being on a young Silvani, just to make uh, Carlton cough up a bit. Uh, Of course, we all laughed at the time, but I I think that, um, you know, really you're doing yourself a disservice if you, um, I suppose, just allow other clubs to take these, um, you know, whether it's academy players or father-sons or whatever, just wherever they wherever they kind of want, pay the lowest value possible. Um, so, absolutely, yeah, should should be making a pay. I mean, equally, it will happen, happen for us um, where people will bid on some of our players. It'll be interesting to see if um, if other clubs do bid on, um, you know, Josh Ayer or, um, uh, you know, because, you know, they're obviously uh, been linked to us for a long time. Um, you know, he and Cody Brandt, so... Um, yeah, perhaps there will be a bit of a quid pro quo go on where, you know, we bid on each other's plays. But, um, yeah, I guess we'll see how it all pans out of the night. I did find it interesting that we've, uh, you know, last been seen sniffing around Morris um, Rioli Jr. Uh, just to maybe, uh, I don't know, send a message to the Tigers there that we'd uh, be able to snap him up if he was available. But, uh, yeah, I mean, really, when you look at it, I, I'd be quite happy going with six, seven, and eight and uh, picking up three really talented young kids there um, because I don't see us taking any more than, than the five picks really for this draft because I think if you took six, seven, eight plus Cody Brand and Josh Air, you've done pretty bloody well.
0: Mm, yeah, I agree. Um, now Rob Forster and I on the club's videos uh, – basically said we wouldn't be drafting all the same type of player. So, you know, it's kind of like a prelude to say don't expect us to take three midfielders. Mind you, I think our midfield's really been strengthened, especially with the acquisitions of um, Joe Caldwell as well. Um, so, yeah, I don't think the need to draft three early picks for um, yeah, midfielders are there. But we, And with um, Michael Hurley and Cale Hooker, Getting to the back end of their careers, probably there is a bit of a need for some uh, defenders to come into the side. Um, you know, young defenders that we can, um, you know, train up to actually be uh, replacements eventually. Um, and so that's where the talk of, uh, yeah, Zach Reed, or to a lesser extent, um, Nick Cox, who's more of a utility type. So um, I certainly see one of those players getting selected by the Bombers, um, you yeah, know, I don't think we'd go both, but, um, yeah, I think either Zach Reed or Nick Cox will make their way to the Bombers, um, if we keep our current picks, that is. And then you've got, you know, I guess another player that I'm really interested in is Archie Perkins. Um, you know, he's a 188-centimetre player that, um, you know, sounds like a bit of an excitement machine, so... Um, I hope the Bombers are bold in that. Um, I noticed in Cal Toomey's um, latest draft, he didn't have the Bombers selecting Archie Perkins, which disappointed me a little because um, he is a player I'm really keen on. But um, yeah, what about you, Major? Any players take your eye?
1: Yeah, I mean, like Archie Perkins does, um, you know, obviously look like a, quite a, quite a good and exciting player um but i i do sort of wonder about whether we like I, I still feel we do need to develop um like really talented um midfields particularly inside midfielders um going forward and, and the one biggest asset that we really need to work on is um those who are able to deliver the ball well, like uh, sort of have that composure, uh, have good kicking ability. Uh, so, you know, um, Tanner Bruin is is one I'm um, pretty keen on. Um, and you know, if if not him, um, yeah, obviously I think there'll be a bit of funny bogus You know, we'll probably have a crack at uh, you know Braden Campbell or. Uh, you know, I've rec- you know it won't happen, but geez, it'd be great for um, you know if Will Phillips was able to sort of um, you know drop down to our our pick, uh, our first pick because uh, he sounds exactly what we need, just an in and out extractor that can sort of um, you know grab the ball at will. Um, but yeah, like I I do think I mean for mine, Zachary really does stand out as that key defender um that we will need because while we've got you know, <clears throat> pardon me Zerk Thatcher and and Francis um, in the wings there, they're not, um, I suppose they're not able to take on those monsters. you, you sort of um you think about how much size um, Zerk Thatcher uh, gave away to forwards um last year, uh, like Hawkins and, and these kind of guys, and you just think, geez, we, we really do need someone. Um, you know, two hundred centimetres plus that can take on those guys. And it sounds like this Zach Reed's got uh good skills, um, you know, good athleticism and um he sounds like exactly the kind of bloke that would really uh you know complement a uh, a Ridley down there. Like he can take on the big defender and, and then sort of uh you know, dish it out skillfully to a Ridley to then uh, you know, waltz it out of the back line. But You know, I guess it's hard being an outsider looking in because I guess recruiters, um, you know, they write up these uh, little summaries of each player and they all sound brilliant, Um, but that's on paper. And um, until you actually see them in the flesh and what they do and how they work within a team, uh, it is really just speculation from us. But, geez, it's it's good to dream and... uh, yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd be definitely looking at a, um, yeah, sort of, yeah, Ruth McInnes, um, you yeah, know, players like that who do have that bit more size, 193 centimetres, um, can play a bit of a utility role, but does seem to have a bit of speed on him. Um, so, um, yeah, potentially he could develop into a inside mid role, But, yeah, it will be fascinating to see how we go at... Uh, yeah, I guess we'll all find
0: out uh, tomorrow night. Yeah, uh, Oliver Henry's another one that's been linked to the Bombers. Um, you know, he's uh, the brother of Jack and who uh, plays down at Geelong, but um, he's one of those uh, mid-range or mid-mid height forwards. Like, um, and we discussed before the show, mate, that we're talking about that theory and we're saying, yeah, but we've got Stringer and Laverde and so forth, so. Is there a position for a, um, albeit classy and speedy uh, Oliver Henry? Uh, you know, if we're looking at him, uh, he doesn't really uh, change our dynamic up forward because we've already got those mid-range forwards. Um, so, but by all reports, he's a very good player. I know Shifter um sees him up pretty high, and he had him. If he, he said if he was the Bombers, he'd take them, uh, take uh, Oliver Henry. So, uh, obviously, he's got some, you know, fans. Uh, so, it's going to be really fascinating because there's after that top five players or so, um, you know, it really is subjective, um, like any draft, but I reckon there's about 10 people or, you know, 10 players that would be up around that three picks that we have currently. So, um Personally, the player that I'm almost certain will bid on, and I think it'll be quickly matched, um, I think the Bombers will definitely bid on Lachlan Jones. And uh, he's out of South Australia. Uh, His mum's a passionate Bomber supporter, but he is uh, part of Port Adelaide's Next Generation Academy. But uh, he sounds like a um, a bit like a Sardi, You know, Uh, he's an interceptor and rebounding defender. He's ready to be made. He's been playing senior footy. Um, you know, he, he's he's got a powerful kick. Uh, he can run the lines. So I, I think almost certainly will definitely bid on Lachlan Jones, um, but I do expect Port to match it. And um, that might be a bit of payback by Adrian Doro for um, when they bid on Joe Danaher, mate. When uh, <laughs> they actually uh, would have clubbed the to bid on Joe Danner to make us use an early pick once. So, um, yeah, but Lachlan Jones, uh, I'd say put it in your diaries, expect the Bombers to make an early bid. And knowing that it's probably likely to get matched to cost Port the ultimate, I wouldn't be surprised if um, the Bombers bid on him at pick six.
1: Yeah, that'd be uh, some great theatre and uh, look anything to to stuff over port, I'm all for, um, you know, I guess, you know, with Dodoro probably having a long memory with a Joe Danaher thing. I think all of our Sponeman supporters have long memories of, yeah, when we were fleeced by him back in the day, uh, you know, picking up Wanganeen and Shea Cockatoo Collins and Hardwick and, um, it's stole quite a lot of our Um, great players. So, um, yeah, look, if we can have a dig dig at them, um, I'm all for it. But um, you know, if they if they don't, um, you know, match the bid, he sounds like an absolute classy player. And as you say, mate, like the the kind of player we really we've really been searching for uh, for quite a while. That sort of bigger, yeah, uh, you know, bigger type. And um, yeah, so wouldn't be uh, wouldn't be a bad thing if if he fell to us.
0: Yeah, well, they're actually comparing him to a Shannon Hearn. And um, you only have to see like, how good a player a Shannon Hearn is. Uh, you'd be wrapped to pick up a player like that at such a young age. But as I said, um, it's kind of you know unfortunate that Port have a fairly early pick, so they'd definitely match that bid. Uh, obviously, they'd rather not and pick up a player as well as Lachlan Jones. but that's where I think... Uh, Adrian will make him pay um, for having such a good player in their academy. Um, <laughs> so uh, the other one, that, you know, we expected to bid on was uh, Braden Campbell. Um, if no one else does, um, you know, apparently the club's very keen on him. But again, um, Sydney would match that bid. So um, the club, you know, has also had interest in that Reef McInnes. And uh, he's linked to Collingwood. So you can see all these little games that could be played. And, you know, this is where um, the clubs can kind of ring up Collingwood, for example, and say, hey, look, we'll give you pick uh, eight. We want your two first round picks in return. And if you don't do that, we're going to bid on one of your players and you're going to use one of those picks just to get, your academy player. Do you know what I mean? So like you're actually forcing the issue. So if you, uh, if you're somewhat uncertain who you want with that, your third of your three picks, um, you trade back and take two more um, that fall, fall to you at those back end, uh, knowing that you're, um, you know, obviously going to get four players in that um, first round rather than three. So, um yeah, it'd Be very interesting how we do it. Like, I think we've got six spots currently available to us, and um, we haven't really factored in the mozzie uh long term injury. Uh, still waiting to see the full rules on that one. But, um, if if we could take six, like, it would be very handy to take four first round picks plus you know, um, you know, Cody, Cody, Brandon, yeah, also like Josh mm-hmm. Air. Yeah. So if you get um, both of those players as well as four first-round picks, um, yeah, you would have to think you've done pretty well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I don't know if we'll go with that, but um, yeah, as I say, there's been um, plenty of talks. So I'll be, I'll be very happy to see um, see how we go, and uh, no matter where where you. Um, where they get picked, who gets picked. We just know Adrian Dodoro will be absolutely rapt that they uh, were still available at our pick. Um, (laughs) Mm. um, So uh, yeah, it should be um, interesting to see, but I guess for mine, the only reason I wouldn't do the the pick with, um, like the trade of picks with Collingwood is, it sort of seems to me that, um, okay, you've got your fantastic five that everyone's been talking about. but then it even seems again, you know, from yeah, you know, basically after the first fifteen players, uh, there seems to be a bit of a drop in um, in the sort of talent level there. And I guess I wouldn't like us to be too cute, um, you know, trying to, I guess, yeah, you know, get everyone and um, end up with guys, especially if we go um, by like. Most talented at that uh, sort of pick we've we've got there because I guess we've been burnt a few times before and we don't pick for a need we pick for um, you know the the best available kind of thing and while I get that to a certain degree um, you know it doesn't always work out it's always a, um, like I guess a, a bit of a gamble when you um, bet on uh, bet on players like. We sort of, sort a few, a um, few years ago with uh Jordan Houlahan. Um, Yeah, it wasn't really a need, but he was a talented kid. Um, and I don't know that, that that was at pick twenty four or so. So not, you know, a, a first rounder, but um, still a very um, high pick for us at the time. Um, and it's it's never a certainty. So I'd I'd much rather take these. Um, you know, top three picks where I guess there's a bit more uh, I suppose uh, data about these these players, a bit more surety uh, that they're going to be up to the grade uh, when we need them because I mean, we've seen what happened with um, with Port, you know, when they went for their um, you know, young kids and just how much they've been able to sort of help the culture uh, and stuff around that club and, and obviously their, their team performance which is what we're all looking forward to so, yeah, I was, I guess I am kind of um, hoping we, we stick with six, seven, and eight, unless we can somehow turn seven and eight into pick two and, and pick up a McDonald. But um, yeah, yeah, really hoping for you know one of those two, um, yeah, things to sort of work themselves out because three really talented kids um, uh, is a bit more worth a bit more to me than uh, you know potentially four hopefuls.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, just uh, having a quick look, mate. We got uh, Kel Toomey has just um, blogged on um, the AFL app. Um, Essendon may have had another whiteboard, uh, another whiteboard error. <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, it would be interesting to see if that comes to fruition. But um, they said that the player managers, uh, sorry, club managers met today on a Zoom call mm. and um uh, club spotters noticed that Essendon had uh with their current listed players had circled three players um joining the Bombers on draft or It appeared to show that they'd been um you know considered by the Bombers as uh being their selections by um being circled and added to their to the current list so um yeah so i was just going to quickly give a quick summary on that mate um where are we so the they were doing a draft rehearsal involving clubs logging onto an online link um and as clubs logged in uh in the background rivals spotted perkins cox and Braden cook's names circled And placed alongside the magnets of already listed bombers in different parts of the ground. So again, now Adrian Dodore is a bit of a master of playing mind games. So um, this could be because I, you know, look, we've done some silly things in the past, but um, I don't think it would make it that obvious if you know what I mean. So Mm -hmm. this could be all strategy. Um, But the very the very fact that um, they've been linked, um, and then actually written on a whiteboard and placed on a, a ground um, in our background. It actually does uh, look a little bit amateurish if it is if it comes out that way. But uh, mate, just quickly on that, like I'd be very happy with Perkins Cox, mm-hmm. um, Braden Cook. He's one I have not really considered to be honest, so would kind of be surprised. We went that way. Um mm. he's more of one of those mid range forwards again, mate. He's one eighty-nine centimetres. Yeah. Um uh, forward. So but um those are the three names that uh were spotted at the at that um meeting that was held online. So um yeah, it could be us playing tricks again. Um you know, but it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Uh and there was talk. Uh, in that same uh, tweet, or sorry, the same article, where it says that um, North Melbourne are looking to split their pick two with Hawthorn, um, letting Hawthorne move up the pick two, and then uh, a bit of a change of picks later on. Um, maybe uh, North are keen on Hollands. And um assume Hawthorne wanna move up to grab a key tool. Um so maybe, you know, that's part of their strategy. But um yeah, there's still lots to happen. And I think draft night will be really intriguing just for the fact, you know, being able to trade on draft nights really added another dynamic to to the draft. Um Yeah, so what's your thoughts on that, mate? If um if it was to be as um As as Cal has said, um, you know, you're looking at Perkins, Cox. uh, That gives us a bit of size. uh, You know, Perkins, 188. Cox is uh, 200 centimetres. And then Cook, 189. So, no real um, midfielder. But maybe Jai Caldwell's that player that has been selected through the draft. i sorry, through the trade. Um, Maybe the club is looking at other areas to fill the ground. Yeah, well, I think one thing
1: all those players have is that bit more size. Uh, I mean, we sort of noted, <laughs> like, forever and a day how small we, we were this season. Um, and so I know with that Braden Cook, like, he's played on the wing as well at times. Um, yeah, so he's supposedly a, um, you yeah, know, good... You know, knows his way around goal, but also... Um, has good foot skills uh, to be able to hit people up the ground. So, um, look, I, I, I don't know. Every time I think that, um, you yeah, know, surely we're a better club than that, um, we, we go and do some stupid bloody thing. Um, yeah, most recently with the, with the pay debacle um, because yeah, the one thing Essendon definitely needs is, uh, is more bad, bad coverage. Um, so, look, if that was to be the case, you wouldn't be, uh, you know, disappointed with, with those players. Um, you know, Cox and um, and Archie Perkins, yeah, they're definitely in our sights. Like, we've sort of discussed those um, before. Happy with both of those. Cook, um, you know, less so. But I guess you, you look at, uh, you know, that area of the ground, you know, the, I guess the... With Cutler, it, it didn't really pan out how he wanted it um, because while he's he's got a good height and he's got a booming foot on him, uh, he just lacks the the want for the contest. Um, so, yeah, perhaps we'd be looking more long-term. But, um, yeah, I don't know, mate. Uh, yeah, I guess got a lot to play
0: out. Certainly have. Um, why don't we have a quick break, mate? Um because that's our basically all we can talk about in the draft currently, because we don't have that much more information. But um, oh, just the other thing, mate. There is a potential swap. They said uh, the Bombers were going to look at with Collingwood, where they would trade pick eight to get Collingwood's pick fourteen, and next year's to are uh, their first pick in next year's draft. Um. So the Bombers could try to load up for next year's draft, which is supposed to be strong, stronger than this year's class. Mm. Um, and with Collingwood most likely, um, I think, um, with father-sons, that can still be matched. Um, so uh, they've got uh, Dacos' son, the second son, to come through, and he's supposed to be a top five pick at least next year. So they be, might be thinking that we'll probably lose that pick anyway. Mm. So let's move up the draft in this one. And um, and the Bombers are looking at an opportunity to maybe, you know, get that second, first round pick next year.
1: Yeah, well, that'd be something I'd definitely jump at.
0: Yeah. It's particularly when, as I said, there's a whole group of players around that, you know, what it would be our last pick that are um, – kind of you'd be happy with pretty much you know a handful at least um, that could fall out to the 14th pick um, obviously with matching and so forth it'll probably end up being almost pick 18 19 but um yeah I, I would definitely um, look to do something like that because yeah you strengthen your next year's uh, draft hand and also we've got the imminent thing of uh, Zach Merritt uh, we're hoping that He falls in love with the club next year and wants to stay. But if he was to leave, you can imagine there'll be some pretty high-end compensation for that pick. So um, potentially, we could have even a stronger draft hand next year in a stronger draft class. So, yeah, I think the club's definitely doing some forward thinking. Um, But let's have a break, mate, and we'll discuss the other news of the day with um, Josh Marnie being appointed as uh, our new footy boss. You're listening to Don's cast and, uh, as we alluded to just before the break, um, today the club has announced they've made the decision on the general manager of football and they've uh, appointed Josh Marnie, who obviously spent a fair bit of time with the Melbourne Demons. Um, you know, mate, how have you seen that appointment? I know I've seen a few things on Twitter where, you know, people are kind of bemoaning the decision, um. More based on Melbourne's uh, performances uh, whilst he was there, but um, I don't necessarily put that on the on the actual footy boss. I think that's the job for the coaching and the players. But um, yeah, what do, what do you think of that appointment, mate? Um, based on you know, whatever knowledge you've looked into.
1: Yeah, well, look, you know, I guess it it fills a couple of uh, criteria. I mean, some people like to have a uh, Essendon person in the gig and. Look, mate, Josh Marnie uh, starred for us in 2001. Not in the AFL uh, landscape, but I believe he played for the VFL side in uh, 2001, 2002, and even took it at a uh, Best and fairest while he was there. So, um, he obviously went on to uh, you know join Port and had, had stints at the Dogs and uh, and the D's. Um, but I guess um, you know as per the the email to members. Uh, You know, he's obviously been in footy for over 20 years and, you know, he's obviously held that uh, general manager of football operations role uh, with Melbourne for for the last seven years. Um, So, look, I guess I look at it a number of ways in that, you know, the last uh, particularly, you know, five years maybe, um, Melbourne really has been developing... You know a much more competitive side, uh, particularly that uh, I think it was 2017. Uh, was that when they made the um, made the prelim or the semis mate? Yeah. Um,
0: yeah
1: where they they really looked the goods and um, yeah some people are actually tipping them to uh, to take out the flag. Look, they obviously uh, paid it off in the end and didn't get there. Um, But they did build quite a competitive unit. Um, Since then, I don't know what's uh, sort of happened. Uh, It's like they sort of fell off the uh, edge of a cliff there uh, in terms of their on-field performances. Um, But what they have been doing is uh, sort of a lot of development uh, at Casey Fields. And, um, look, I I do note that one of the um, things I was noting in that member's email was that he helped... uh, Sort of bringing the AFLW uh, side for Melbourne, um, which is obviously one of our great aspirations to have a uh, AFLW side for Essendon. Um, so, and he, he's going to be taking over that sort of joint role of uh, looking after football operations of our um, of the two sides there. Um, so, yeah, you would absolutely need someone experienced in that role to uh, to take over. So, um, look, I'm I'm. Uh, I'm willing to sort of see this see this through. I mean, willing, you know, it's like we've got a choice. But, um, yeah, it actually doesn't... It actually sounds like an um, appointment, um, you know, potentially... Well, hopefully, based on merit and, and his experience. And um, he certainly has, um, you know, been in the game for, for quite a while. And, uh, uh, you know, he... Said he uh, barracked for Essendon as a kid, so what more could you want? Now, yeah, you know, hopefully he's still um, got his in his heart uh, somewhere, and just wants us to uh, to improve, and seems to be buying into um, Ben Rutten's uh, direction with the club, and um, yeah, said he's going to support that as, as best he can. So, um, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm you know really hopeful with this uh, with this appointment. What about yourself, mate? What are your reflections?
0: Yeah, so um, I'm a little bit happier than I was a couple of days ago because um, the big tip was that Rob Old uh, from the AFL, uh, who looks after the competitions and so forth, was going to step in as, you know, he was the overwhelming favourite for the bomber spot. And it kind of went against the narrative, what Essendon had spoken about and said that we're after an experienced footy hit. Um, so that, um, look, like, if, considering he hadn't had any involvement in the AFL club level, um, yeah, that was kind of a bit of a, um, yeah, it didn't really match up with the club's narrative. But um, I think, you know, Josh has obviously got many years of experience through a number of different clubs. And as you say, that AFLW component will be really important um, because it's definitely one of Essendon's keys. I know they're very keen to, to get that. Uh, side as, as early as next year, mate, if possible. Um, and look, not 2021, uh, around that 2022 mark and potentially 2023. They they really want that AFLW uh, women's license. Um, so his, his experience there will be very helpful. Um, I guess the only thing that, if I, if I was being honest, I, I guess uh, Melbourne's performances and, and I don't put it on the footy manager, but um. Yeah, it hasn't really been that overwhelming. They've been pretty underperforming club, and um, yeah, I guess secretly I would have loved to have got one of those top footy managers from you know one of the sides that have been strong, like a Geelong, or um, you know when you look at sides like Richmond. Obviously, Neil Baum wasn't going to leave. He's in the uh, you know last couple of years in the AFL environment, so he wasn't going to move. Uh, you had Jeff Walsh uh, recently retired from Collingwood. So that wasn't going to happen. Um, so, but um, I always said that I would have loved to have seen Simon Lloyd um, appointed. So uh, he was the one that I was kind of hoping after experience at Frio and Geelong, I thought he could have been really good get, um, but uh, yeah, I'm happy to embrace this. And, you know, um, I think it's really hard to, for supporters and, you know, when we haven't been part of the, uh, you know, the actual interviewing process or, you know, don't have all the facts, uh, we can't be too critical. Um, I'm sure, you know, but this is going to be, mark my words, a really big decision for Xavier and the board that have ratified this because um, obviously with Dan Richardson only lasting a couple of years, uh, they really needed to get this decision right. So yeah, I'm really hopeful Um you know, this one's going to be a long-term success. Yeah,
1: absolutely, mate. And, uh, yeah, let's wish him, wish him all the best for it.
0: Yeah, that's right. So, uh, he's, he's a bomber now. Um, you know, as you said, he'd previously been one and, uh, he may have barracked for us as a kid, but, um, you know, I'm hoping that, um, you know, all his efforts are going to be about making us, um, you know, a much better side and, um, You know, I think it's undisputed. He's got more experience than Dan Richardson. Um, Although Dan Richardson came from the Premiership Club at the time. So that was exciting when we first announced that. Uh, It was known that he was kind of demoted at Richmond just before he took on the Bombers role with Neil Balm, you know, stepping up and taking most of his duty. So I think, um, yeah, Josh Marnie, um, you know, obviously the club's gone for a really thorough Process and he's won the role, so I think it's incumbent on us to give him an opportunity. And, um, I guess we'll do our judgments, um, you know, as as the years go on, and uh, we'll see how our performance is. But it's a really big decision for Xavier because, um, I don't think he wants to get this one wrong, uh, particularly with the way Paul Brasher kind of will be analyzing. But having said that, Paul Brasher had to sign off this as well, so I'm sure, um, yeah, you know, he's going to have the full support of the club. Mate, just some other things like yeah, you know, there hasn't been that much news, obviously, with the off season going. Uh, we saw the players start to return to the club, and it's kind of pleasing to see Michael Hurley um, training away. Yeah, you know, he's obviously not due back till January, but yeah, you know, he's obviously very keen to get back to the club. And um, some of those younger players like you know Darcy Parish and particularly Andy McGrath, and Sam Draper, and so forth. Yeah, you know, really looked like they're enjoying their time at the club.
1: Yeah, which is um, which is excellent. Like the boys really seem to be getting around each other, and it's great to see uh, Andy McGrath uh, sort of speak in front of that. Uh, well, basically speaking to us fans, like to to say how they're really hurting and they're um, yeah, just looking to improve and uh, get better as a as a unit. Um, so it's really promising to see. Uh, They're not only the younger blokes getting back and, yeah, it was definitely good to see Jai Caldwell um, get in there, Um, but also some of the more experienced players uh, obviously getting around the group. Uh, You know, you saw Dyson Heppel there, uh, as you said, um, like Hurley was about, uh, and and, uh, I think you saw Sheil. Uh, Sheil was there and um, Parrish, Langford. Um, So, you know, these guys are all going to have to... um, sort of come together and uh, play as a system, play as a unit. Uh, and, you know, training together is that first step. So it's, um, it's great to see so many of the boys getting out there that maybe they're not required for, for training yet, but just doing those extras, because um, they will certainly put us in good stead uh, for years to come. Because, you know, us Bomber fans, yes, we are impatient. In, and the one line we, we hate hearing, particularly over the last three to four years is, Oh, they just need time to, um, to gel, to uh, to play as a side. So anything they can do to um, help that process along will be much appreciated by us fans. And, uh, yeah, let's, let's hope the, um, I suppose, the team culture uh, that we've heard so many negative things about uh, spins around for the
0: positive. Yeah, exactly. And, like, apart from that, mate, there's not much other news that we saw um in that video with the younger players, what I what caught my eye was um, you know, some of the players, you know, maybe yeah, you know, it's only training tops, obviously, but yeah, you, know, you, you couldn't miss Sam Draper wearing the number two. Maybe that's a bit of a homage to um, uh, Tom Vale Chambers. Chambers, yeah. So he might be uh donning the number two, uh, letting go of the number thirty eight, and then um, also noticed that Nick Hind. Had, uh, taking Adam Sard's 42, um, you Now, whether that's just for training purposes or not, uh, kind of makes sense when you're thinking about it, like uh, Hind would be looking to take up Sard's position. Um, and then, you know, I, I did see uh, not in that video, but uh, I did see something early in the, after the trade period where uh, Jai Caldwell was hoping to wear the number six Guernsey, so he's looking to take Joe Danaher's Guernsey. So um yeah it'd be interesting to see obviously there's some really good numbers available this year um or you know for next season um when you look at you know the number 13 generally that's word worn by an indigenous player so um you know obviously we know raz wasn't indigenous but um you know we've had you know Lonnie, uh wear that number and love it. Um, Andrew Lovett there so uh, you know, does Josh Eyre get that number, you know, with his NGA um, – sorry, with his Indigenous links? Um, you know, potentially that could be it. Um, and then you're looking at, like, number 31, mate. We've had that on hold for a number of years. Um, You know, does Cody Brand get that number, um, you know, being a fullback himself? Um, you know, I know there's another Fletcher boy that potentially could make his way to the club. Uh, Eventually, but you know, uh, with Max going to uh, the gridiron or the US, uh, sorry USC, to the NFL, or again, this is the college system, not NFL. But um, yeah, he, you know, potentially that number thirty-one may have been on hold for, uh, you know, for no reason other than to um, you know, with the hope maybe of Fletcher donning it. But as we saw with, like, Joe Watson, sometimes they don't want to wear their old man's number. So, um, yeah, Cody Brand would make a a good fit at number 31, I think. Um, And then other numbers, mate, we've got 16 out there, uh, 19, uh, pick – sorry, jumper number 20. uh, And then you've got 32, the old Timmy Watson special. Um, uh, Yeah, obviously if – Sam Drape has given up 38. So, yeah, like, those little things, I know they're only minor, but, you know, I, I get a lot of uh, interest who who dons what number. And, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see, you know, which players uh, have new jumper numbers. Sometimes some players that have been at the club get promoted up the locker room uh, with their early, early uh, you know, numbers uh, being offered to them. So, yeah, we're going to be really interested to see, you know, who wears the number thirteen, for example, um, pretty famous number, uh, and then yeah, it'll be just interesting overall. Um, any thoughts on that, mate?
1: No, we'll be we'll be interesting, mate. It will be. Um, did, actually, did Qbdo wear thirteen as well? I was just trying to yeah.
0: think. About that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he did. But I, I think I, look, I don't want to be quoted here because I could be wrong. I'm pretty sure he had South African um, South African uh, heritage. Um, mm. Now, I could be totally wrong on that, um, but I'm pretty sure, like uh, maybe you could look that up for me, mate, um, but I- I'm not sure if he was Indigenous. So, uh, look, it seems like a silly thing for me to say, but I'll be very interested, mate, while, while we're on live um, doing this podcast. <laughs> can you yes, have mate. a look at that up for me, mate? I'm throwing <laughs> you out of the bus. <laughs> yeah. But, um, Oh, for some reason, in the back of my mind, <laughs> I've got, <laughs> and it seems like a, a bit of a, a loose answer, but for some reason, I'm almost. Yeah, no, you're right. Certain. He was born
1: born in South Africa, um, yeah, but I was yeah. more thinking of the uh, sort of speed side sort of things. Oh, oh they, yeah, they've, the they've, they've been speedsters. Yeah, they um, have. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, yeah, it's just. Uh, I know it's funny when you think back of all these um, the players who've, who've worn the Guernsey um, before. So, um, yeah, I guess we'll, we'll, we'll find out when we find out, mate. But um, yeah. other than that, really looking forward to who we, who we pick up tomorrow night. And, uh, yes, it's hoping our good work has paid off.
0: Yeah, now, mate, again, while you're in front of that computer... <laughs> Can you just look up again? Uh, I know this isn't great podcasting, but um, I want to know. I know that tomorrow is the national draft, but the following day is the rookie draft. Um, now and the preseason draft is that a night event or is that held during the day? You, can you look up that for us, mate? Because I think people are interested for that answer as well. Because I I know. Um, there was a time there where the AFL tried to make this a two-day event, and they had um, yeah you know, the first round selected on the first night, and then after the second night was uh, you know, the other rounds were then uh, then done. But um, I'm pretty sure this year what the plan was they were going to do the the whole of the national draft on one night, and rather than giving a couple of weeks grace, they're going to go straight into the pre-season and um, rookie draft on the next day? Mm. Uh, I'm not sure on that one, mate. Um... Not really giving you the time. um, Because I I did see something about that. um, Still a two-day event, but they weren't splitting the national drafts, that's all. It was... um, uh, was going to be placed on the the following night, so which is a, a step away from what used to happen. There used to be like a uh, a week um a, a week or two uh, grace between drafts. So that the clubs had time to analyze their list, um, and you know basically now they're only going to have the next um, the next day to prepare and finalize their their list for. 2021, but um, yeah, we'll have to uh, confirm that on our next broadcast, mate, because um, we've got um, obviously the draft tomorrow night, and then uh, depending on when that other rookie draft is, uh, which I'm sure it's the next day, but the time I'm just not sure. I don't, I don't think that's a televised. Oh, it's,
1: actually, it's um, 12 p.m.
0: Oh, ah, yeah. 12pm, yeah. So that's usually not televised at all. It's just basically, even um, prior to COVID rules, they had their, um, it was just a, a video link up for the managers and you'd log on to AFL.com and, you know, you'd basically refresh and watch the picks come through for the rookie draft. So, yeah, so we'll know our list on Thursday night. And I think our plan, mate, is we'll we'll do a summary of the drafts um, on the Thursday night just to wrap up our final final podcast for um, 2020. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, come around really quick, hasn't it?
1: certainly Um, has, mate. And, uh, yeah, I guess we'll look forward to see how the boys go uh, throughout the preseason.
0: Yeah, so it's going to be an interesting time, especially in the next 24 hours. Um, you know, once we start to know who's going to be part of our uh, the next bomber premiership side, mate, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can say with some hope that tomorrow we're going to draft uh, three future premiership players, mate, but um, and hopefully that's that. <laughs> <laughs> <So, laughs> but um, yeah, no, look, I'm looking forward to the draft, I always love the draft, um, you know, I'll. I Really hope we pick the eyes out of this one. Um, you know, we saw what Port did getting the draft right. You know, when they got of Rosie and um, you know, Butters and so forth, and Dersma, that was a really big um, for Port and it really gave him a new redirection. Um, you know, uh, our picks are actually earlier than when they did that draft, so you know, I guess the the fallback is that. None of these players, especially the ones who played in Melbourne, really played footy at all last year, or this season, sorry. And um, that means that you're really winding back the clock to uh, analyse their data. So, um, obviously, when you're talking about 18-year-old, 19-year-old kids, there's been a lot of growth and development in that time physically, but they just haven't been able to apply it in in a real footy sense. But... um, yeah, I'm pretty sure that I'm I'm pretty confident in um, Rob Forster and I and Adrian Dodoro they'll they'll definitely um try and get us a good mix of players and set us up for a, a much better
1: 2021. Let's hope
0: so mate. All right, well, uh thanks for listening. Um yeah, we've got one more episode to go for 2020, so thank you for listening tonight and um yeah, let's hope we get it right, Bombers fans, and uh, till next time, go Bombers, go
1: Dons.